Thank you for the offerings, and I tell you every week, and I'm going to keep telling you, I'll take a hundred times more prayers than whatever you stuck in the offering this morning any day of the week, as long as you give me good, sincere prayers, because the devil wants to stop what's being done. That's just how he acts. That's how he does business. He's a scoundrel. He wants to see the pastor fall. He wants to see the people fall. He wants to see the church fail. But guess what? The gates of hell will not prevail against it. we got to stand strong. So I'll take all the prayers you can give. They don't cost you nothing but a little bit of time. I'll take all I can get. Now, we're going to be in here for a while today. I brought my jug of water with me. So uh, it, it might, might take a minute to get this one out. Uh, you know, we've been talking about uh, the eternal rewards that God has for us. Eternal life, it's a real life with a glorified body. One that don't get sick, one that don't break down. It's a new body forever. It's a real life on a new earth and a new heaven. It's a real life. And then we're going to be earning rewards. We earn our rewards here on this earth but those rewards are so that Jesus Christ is glorified. See, if we're doing what he tells us to do to earn rewards, isn't it makes sense that it's working for his kingdom? You know, people can easily point to us and say, well, that's not very Christian-like, and that's their excuse to not let Jesus come in and work. But our reasoning for doing it is so that he receives the glory. Not only will he receive the glory because that little light will shine and touch somebody else, It'll also be for eternity. And he's going to give us a crown to wear saying, thank you for letting me work through you. And in return, we're always going to be at his feet saying, no, I don't have this except for you, Jesus. Nothing that I'm able to do. Amen. So that helps us out with that. We know that he's keeping stuff written down in the books. But today I want to talk to you about something different. Let me ask you the question. Are you glad to be living in America today? Amen. Amen. You had the choice this morning of whether you wanted to get out of bed and come to church or not. Some didn't. Some had to work today. I know all about that. Every other weekend for 20 had to work. But that was a part of the service that I was doing. And, and it, I just thought about it. It's been five years starting next month that I started pastoring. I quit doing that work, and it's like, wow, because I talked to a guy this week that I work with that uh, he put his paperwork in. He's retiring first of next month. He got it done. And I look at that and say, well, you know, maybe if I'd have hung in there, I would be like another few months away, but God had a different plan. My prayer is that you've been fed. Sometimes it ain't been good food, or it's been good food, but it ain't been comfortable to eat. But I promise you this, I've been in prayer for every one of you every day since I've been pastoring. You haven't been in my prayer closet, but God has. I've tried to do everything I can to help you out. And my prayer is that you've got fed and that you've been able to grow. That's my prayer. It's be five years starting first of next month. So thank you for allowing me to pastor and to feed you, and hopefully lead. Amen? So, but living in America is a privilege. We had the privilege to get up this morning or not. 
We could have gone to the lake. You don't get too many people laying out of church for lake days on days like this. Fish ain't biting and it's cold. So, But we had the choice to be able to come to church this morning. But there are those around this world today, they got up this morning with nothing. They got up on their Sunday, their Sabbath, and they didn't have a church to go to. As a matter of fact, anywhere they were going to go worship, they had to sneak to go do it. They had to sneak to go do it. And by the way, they probably must, some might not have had breakfast on the table because they don't know where their next meal is coming from. There are people like that in this world. Some people have to go through a lot before they get the reward. Amen? Today, before this day ends, statistically, 450 people will lose their life today because of the gospel of Jesus Christ. That's 160,000 plus a year. Those are the statistics. And I look around here and I don't think any of us have that fear, do we? The boss might treat us differently. Somebody else might treat us differently over our faith. But I don't think none of us have ever looked down the barrel of a gun or been threatened to say, stop worshiping Jesus or else. Amen, and we can be thankful for that. What a privilege. Now I want to tell you, the devil didn't want you to hear this message. As a matter of fact, he wanted this five-year anniversary to come to an end because on Friday it just almost happened. Didn't it, Brother Eddie? We're cutting wood. The fellow gave me some wood. I'm at his house cutting Friday and puff of wind comes and we had the tree notched and the wind hit it and the metal broke and it slid off and instead of going that way it went that way all I did was throw the saw down and I took off running and let me tell you something if I was in South Florida right now then a baseball team wouldn't hire me on today because I was moving on but I give God the glory it's that quick you can be gone he didn't want you to hear this message today. He didn't want me continuing on in ministry. But the Lord said, not this way and not today. We got another one to go. Amen. Picking them up, putting them down. <laughs> So I give God the glory. I got a little pep in my step this morning because you know what? The devil wanted to get rid of me and God said, uh-uh, not today. And not this way. And I give him the glory for it. I might die riding home this evening, but not Friday. Thank God. And we have to go through some things this morning and today and throughout our lives before we're able to receive the reward. In Hebrews chapter 12, and go to verse 1, if you've not been here, if you're visiting, we're so glad to have you. Hope you can come back and be with us, but get your pencil and paper out because we're going to cover a lot of scriptures. We have been through this series, and I don't see that it's going to change. Usually I'll hit a scripture and let the Lord lead, and I don't know where I'm going, but here I, he's given me this to teach. Can I tell you, I've had it for a, quite some time, but I haven't taught it. And so, it wasn't time. I think it's time now, otherwise I wouldn't be doing it. So, <clears throat> and excuse my voice, that wind and 
stuff got to me the other day. Uh, Slim, I would love to have had you because if I'd have been there, you'd have been there. The tree would have done what it's supposed to have done. So, anyway. Hebrews chapter 12 and verse 1. Therefore we also, since we were surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which so easily ensnares us. Everything that weighs us down, that keeps us uh, weak in our faith, the sin that so easily ensnares us, if you've never had a problem with this or that and somebody else has, that's what the devil's going to use, what, what ensnares you. He ain't going to use it on somebody else because it's not going to work. But we all got a little sin, something there that he's going to try to ensnare us. Anybody know what I'm talking about? He will always try, but he says, lay it aside and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. We're living today, and whenever you said yes to Jesus, you started a new life and a new race. And there is something that's set before you. You have a job to do for the kingdom of God, and it's set before us. There are going to be some high roads on that and there are going to be some middle roads and there's going to be some low rough roads on your journey. Can I tell you that going into it? There's going to be some rough days and there's going to be some glorious days but they're all glorious because the race is before us. But let's go to verse 2. Looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. We don't have no faith without Jesus. Amen. Everything we do is to glorify Jesus. You're saved today because of Jesus. I survived a big old tree because of Jesus. I'm standing here this morning because of Jesus. We have testimonies of healings because of what Jesus did. Not anybody else, not anything else, not a certain ritual. No, all because of what Christ did on the cross. It's all about Jesus. Everybody, it's all about Jesus. Say that. It's all about Jesus. Who for the joy that was set before him enduring the cross, despising the shame, and has sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Jesus went, he's a man's man, can I tell you that? He, he was sweating tears of blood. He was set, sweating blood out of his, his body. It's a true, real condition, by the way. He was so stressed in his flesh and said, Father, if there's some way, let this cup pass from me, but nevertheless, not my will, but yours be done. And we know what happened because we're getting ready to celebrate Easter here in a few weeks. We know what happened. This was how it had to be done. But he was set on a path and he was joyous about the path. Why? so that we could all have salvation. Whenever they took the whip to him, whenever they took that, that rod and started beating him, we saw the passion of the Christ. He was taking that for you and me. When they took the cat of nine tails and were ripping the flesh off of him and ripping up his, his muscle, he did that for you and me. When they put that crown of thorns upon his head, everything that goes on inside of this gourd, those crown of thorns were there so that he could help me through it. He knows what I went through. That was the joy that was set before him. That means we're going to suffer a little bit. And it needs to be joy that's set before us. 
even as Christ. That's what he says here, looking to Christ. Despising the shame. He despised the shame. You can't do it today, not in America or anywhere else, I guess, in the world, but if you wanted to have a true picture of Jesus hanging on a cross, he was naked. We wrap a tunic around him because it's a little more acceptable. It's not as vulgar, and you couldn't tell what he was. The Bible says that you couldn't tell that he was a man. He was so beaten. He was so beaten. He was marred up. He, it was awful. That was the shame. Put up on display, this is what happens to these people who will revolt. That's what they thought. God said, no, this is what I do to get my children back. Praise God. And Jesus said, yeah, I'll do it. I'll go. And we thank God for that. We go through some tough things. Psalm 56 and 8. You number my wanderings. Any of us ever wandered around? Go wandering? We got some folks business with us this morning. They're just out wandering, have to show up. Praise God. Glad you're here. You ever go wandering? Sometimes we go wandering in here. I didn't know the people that got shot in Prince William, but I worked with those people. Talked to a buddy this week. He's retiring. He's done. My mind got to wondering. My mind got to wondering, was it worth it? Have I done any good? Yeah. Am I telling you the truth here? Everybody know what I'm talking about? If I'd have just hung in there, I'd be ready to retire, and I don't have to answer to nobody about nothing. I don't have to worry about hurting anybody's feelings. I can sit on my porch and watch bugs fly by if I want. But I answer the call. That's the kind of wondering that happens. Whenever somebody's dealing with something and you can't get the truth into them, for some reason they've got a block, and you get to wondering. Am I the one that's the problem? Is there some way I can help, Lord? You get to wonder. You know what I'm talking about? Does anybody know what I'm talking about? I don't want to throw you on it. I'm going to talk about me, not to lift me, but to say I don't want you to feel bad. But we have wonderings that go on. Our minds will wander. And if we let our minds wander, the devil will take us down some paths. he got people hating us and love us to death. But inside our minds... Oh, why was they looking at me like that for? And they ain't thought nothing about it, but the devil got a hold of that brain and that mind, and he's wandered us to some place we don't need to be. Sometimes, though, that wandering takes us to another place. Somebody elbow him, please. Sit up, please. Sorry about that, folks, but he's now my child, and that's how I roll at my house. Pay attention, please. But when we get to wondering in our mind, sometimes we start boohooing and crying, don't we? When we start calling upon God because there's something I can't fix. I've done all I know how to do, and I can't fix it. Then we go to where we should have went in the first place, and that's when we start getting in front of the Lord, and we start laying it out to Him. And sometimes we start shedding tears. 
because we're heartbroken. Sometimes we're shedding tears for whatever reason God's given us. The emotions that he has given us are real. They can get out of whack sometimes, but the emotions he's given us are real. You number my wonderings, but put my tears in your bottle. Isn't that some weird reading in the Bible? Not really. Are they not in your book? You see, in the, those times like that, these people understood it when they would pray for one another and you got to boo-hooing and crying. Your buddy would come and he'd roll your head over and he would catch them tears in a bottle. And he'd stick a cap on it and he would start talking to the Lord on your behalf. What was hurting you and making you cry? And those tears would be stored up in that bottle. And when you got through it, how many of you know you'll get through it? Hang in there, you'll get through it. And when you got through it, he'd take that bottle and he'd say, you remember where the heartache was? There they are. I was there catching the tears. That's what God's telling you and me. Every tear that you and I have shed over whatever it is, and somebody's hurt us or whatever it is, he's called it, he's stored it, and then when the time of rejoicing comes, that's his proof that he was there when we were crying. Don't believe I'm telling the truth. Read the Bible, make it to heaven, and you'll say, Pastor Ken was right. It's not some thing to bring about. He catches our tears. We haven't shed a tear that hasn't been worth it. He's catching our tears. Sometimes our mind has been in the wrong place, but he gets us through it. Seasons of doubt come in our lives. Faith says, I'm going to keep on going. It's easy to quit, ain't it? It's easy to walk away. Faith says, I'm going to keep on going. And that's where we're at today. You're sitting here today because at some point in your life, and I know it's true, because we're human beings, and the Bible tells us too much about it, some point in your life you was ready to quit on God, you was ready to give up. You might even did it for a week or two or a month or two or a year or two, or a year or ten, who knows. But at some point, faith says, I'm going to keep on going. Because God catches our tears. His proof is in that bottle of tears. In Hebrews 11 and 33. You know, we all have a, we, we like to tell the testimonies of the big stuff, right? We nail the crutches up on the walls and the sunglasses that the blind was wearing and the, and the, and the blind man's cane. We like to do these things. Ain't a thing in the world wrong with that. That's testimony, as long as we don't live at that place. But we're talking about the, this group of faith people. In Hebrews 11 and 33, Who through faith subdued kingdoms, worked righteousness, obtained promises, stopped the mouths of lions, quenched the violence of fire, escaped the edge of the sword, out of weakness were made strong, became valiant in battle, turned, the flight, turned to flight the armies of aliens, 
Women receive their dead raised to life again. That's your shouting shoes messages. And we love those kinds of messages. They are uplifting, they encourage us, and that's good. But the Bible, he covers all sides. Because then the next word says others. Sometimes we're the others. Sometimes we don't feel like wearing our shouting shoes. Sometimes we go to this place. We're tortured, not accepting deliverance, that they might obtain a better resurrection. Still others had trial of mockings and scourgings, yes, and of chains and imprisonment. They were stoned, they were sawn in two, were trampled, were slain with the sword. They wandered about in sheepskins and goatskins, being destitute, afflicted, tormented, of whom the world was not worthy. They wandered in deserts and mountains and dens and caves of the earth. Those are the others. Sometimes we go through some bad things. The martyrs in the Bible. There's a book called the Fox's Book of Martyrs. It's very interesting reading. It's a long book, but it'll give you some church history. Can I tell you what? When you said yes to Jesus, it's not all going to be perfume and roses. It will not be perfume and roses all the time. Troubles are not going to cease to exist because you became a Christian. The devil's going to knock on your door harder. Especially if you're sharing the gospel with your family and your friends, your circle of influence. If you're letting your little light shine and somebody's having convicted thoughts. Maybe you didn't put it there, but the Holy Spirit's doing his work and the devil don't like you. He'll try to drop a tree on you. He'll try to do something. He'll try to do what he's going to do to stop it from happening. Peter was crucified. Andrew was crucified. Matthew died by the sword. John, the revelator, was boiled in oil. And he didn't die. Not that way. James, the son of Alphaeus, was crucified. Philip was crucified. Simon was crucified. Thaddeus was clubbed to death. Thomas, doubting Thomas. Now here's a guy. We like to talk about doubting Thomas, but let's go ahead and finish it up. He did believe. Because the gospel went to India because of Thomas and their soul saved today because he believed and he went. He needed a little more proof, a little more pride, but he did believe and he was killed by the spear in India. And today... The gospel is there. The seed was planted. There are those that are working. All because of the work that he did. Bartholomew was filleted alive. You know how we do a fish? Eddie, David, you guys know how we do a fish? Get him going. Rip that skin off. That's what happened to him. James, the son of Zebedee, died by the sword. James, the brother of Jesus, was stoned. John the Baptist was beheaded. All because he gave truth to a big sinner who had some power to cause some trouble in his life. God said, okay, that'll be fine. Are you ready to be beheaded today because of the gospel? That's a big question, isn't it? Paul, the apostle Paul, he was beheaded. Timothy was dragged to death by horses until he died. 
Stephen was stoned. All the first century Christians were martyrs. They were killed because of the faith. We ask ourselves, are we ready to do that? I mean, we get upset if the temperature ain't right in the church. The preacher preaches a convicting message and it hurts your feelings. You don't come back or find somewhere else to go. And call everybody else about it. Get them on your side so you can feel good about it. Don't that's what we do? Ain't that what we do? Ain't that what we do? Don't that happen? These people died to get the gospel out. They died telling people that Jesus can save you. They died to tell you that repentance means something. I'm not going to walk with the crowd. I'm going to walk with Jesus. And if the crowd's with Jesus, then I'm with the crowd. But if the crowd ain't, I'm going to walk with Jesus. And it took them to places that they were killed. They were beheaded. It's going on on the other side of the world today with this group called ISIS going around and taking Christians and taking their babies and killing them and saying, you denounce Christ and come to faith in Islam and we won't kill your babies. And they said no. They chop their babies' heads off and they lay the bodies down and stick the head on top of it and they still stay faithful to Jesus. They still stay faithful to Jesus. 160,000 plus a year die because of the faith. I need you to ask yourself, will I step out of everything that I have to stand up for Jesus? You've got to ask yourself that question because it will help you grow to a place. You're going to probably shed some tears over it, but he's catching them. We haven't shed a tear that ain't been worth it. In Hebrews chapter 10 and verse 30, For we know him who said, Vengeance is mine, I will repay, says the Lord. And again, the Lord will judge his people. It is a fearful thing to fall into the hands of the living God. But recall the former days in which, after you were illuminated, you endured a great struggle with sufferings. After you received the gospel, remember, you started taking on some things. After you received Jesus Christ, remember, you started dealing with some things. You started dealing with the sufferings that will come with that. Partly while you were made a spectacle both by, by reproaches and tribulations and partly while you became companions of those who were so treated. You started hanging out with the Christian people. And the other people said, what are you doing? People will use words like you have been brainwashed. There ain't nothing brainwashed about this. Now, you can take some people that can take this and go the wrong way with it, and brother, it's getting done every day. It's like 8,000 denominations in this world because somebody just didn't like something, so they went and formed their own. Somebody else didn't like something, they went and formed their own, and the next thing you know, the body of Christ has been so split because of men's selfishness. These are the kinds of things that happen, but we got one word, one faith, one God. Amen? One. And his word is strong, it will set us free. We just got to get into it. It's hard to read it though, ain't it? Phone rings, buddies want to go play golf. Job needs you to come in. 
get sleepy. You want to sleep, though you don't have to spend another dime on a, on a sleeping pill. You don't have to go see the doctor and wait for three hours to see him and let him charge your insurance a thousand times over so you can sleep at night. Start praying and start reading the Bible. And the devil will take you to that place for a while. Then you get hungry and you don't get sleepy. You get excited. Amen? I know I'm just talking in circles this morning. I've been there, okay? I don't know if anybody else has, but I know what that's about. For you had compassion on me and my chains and joyfully escaped the plunderings of your goods, knowing that you have a better and enduring possession for yourselves in heaven. Therefore, do not cast away your confidence, which has great reward. Don't cast away your confidence in Jesus Christ. Don't let somebody else take you to the place that you don't trust God no more because the devil will pick the ball up and take you on another path. You might cry a little bit. You might shed some tears, but don't cast away your confidence for you have need of endurance so that after you have done the will of God, you may receive the promise. See, misconception is, is that when we get saved, trouble ceases. That ain't so. We have prayer for somebody every day almost because they're sick and their body is ailing. Trouble didn't stop. We prayed. Somebody's not right in their mind. They're getting loose or they're getting weak in the faith. Let's pray for them. So we're praying. Sometimes in prayer time, the Holy Ghost says, no, I need you to do this. I need you to pray for Bob. You don't know what's going on with Bob, but you're praying. All because he said we need to pray for him. The misconception is, is that it gets easy. Look to your neighbor and tell him, we need to get tough. We need to get tough. We need to stand up for Jesus and be tough, guys. We need to stand up for the gospel and be tough guys. When the devil comes knocking on our door, we need to get tough. We need to beat him with the word. That's the only way you beat him. But I tell you what, if you bring the word out and you start giving the word to the devil, he backs away. He gets scared. Whenever he's been on somebody's back and been using them and they ain't even realizing it, all it takes is a little bit of the word and the devil has to flee because Jesus Christ put him under his foot at Calvary. He don't win anymore. We don't fight from a place of being on the lower ground. We fight from a place of being on the higher ground and that's at the foot of the cross where the blood has run down and covered everything where the blood has said Jesus Christ is going to be the victor and if you'll hang on to him, you'll be the victor. That's where it's at. That's where it's at. And we might have to shed a few tears but that's okay, shed them because it's all for his glory. It's for His glory. In Luke 6 and 22, Blessed are you when, you when men hate you and they exclude you. Has that ever happened to you? In the church maybe? It has. And revile you and cast out your name as evil? Oh my! That stuff actually happens? For the Son of Man's sake. Next verse. 
Rejoice in that day and leap for joy. For indeed your reward is great in heaven. <laughs> the next time somebody's running you down and just rolling you over and beating you up, stand up and start jumping and say, Praise God! Praise God! Praise God! Because something good has happened. Ain't that what it says? Oh, preacher, you acting all weird. No, that's what the Bible says. Stand up and leap. And praise God and give rejoicing. Whenever you start having stuff like that happen, that means the devil's been getting a black eye. That means he's been getting beat up with the word. That means he's getting beat down and somebody's getting set free. That's when we start standing up and we start giving God some glory. And when that tree tried to take me out the other day, there was something happened in me. Fear hit me for a moment and then I was like lightning and then my mind come in. My mind started working and I said, I ain't letting this happen because God said not this way and not today. And I got a new step. Whoo. 2 Corinthians 1 and 3, blessed be the God of our Father and Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies and God of all comfort, who comforts us in all of our tribulation that we may be able to comfort those who are in any trouble, and the comfort with which we ourselves are comforted by God. You know, life gives us tough times, don't it? Anybody got some ailments just today? Heart problems? You taking medicines? Whew, thirsty. Life gives us some tough times, don't it? The job gets laid off. But I'm a believer. I mean, I understand if this guy got laid off, but, you know, he, he's not a believer. It rains on the just and the unjust, folks. Life can bring us some tough things. And we pray for people. Get, get a load of We pray. And every time that we have somebody come up and I'm going to pray with you, or you call me to pray and we get it on the prayer line, I'm believing when I pray that God is going to heal you. Because he's done it. But I also know there's been some times he ain't done it. Am I right on that? I mean, we got people that's still maimed and mangled because of things, but sometimes God's answer is no. I mean, if he really loved us, he would just let us die, and then it's all over, right? I mean, I know that sounds a little brash, but no more pain and suffering. And we're in heaven. We're with the Lord. What we have to do is we've got to find the purpose of that. That means we might have to deal with some things. Every time we pray, I believe. I believe, Brother Gene, you're going to receive healing. I believe it, and I'll tell you, I believe God can heal you. But I don't know if he is or he ain't. And I believe that he can. Because you might be walking on a path that he's going to tell you that scripture right there. I comforted you through this hard time so that you can comfort the next guy. God set you free from one thing. Why did he do it? So you can minister to somebody else that's going to come down that road, going to deal with the same junk. The devil ain't got any new tricks. He pulls the same stuff out all the time. 
you're weak with this, you're strong with the same thing. You're weak with something else, you're strong in that. It doesn't matter. The point is he attacks. And we go through things so that we can minister and comfort with the comfort we receive from God. Does that make sense? The comfort we receive from him. So we're going to pray, and when we pray, we pray for healing. We pray that God can touch, and we know that he can because we've seen it happen. But I can't tell you unless the Lord's laid on my heart, and he's never laid on my heart to tell somebody you're not getting healed. Maybe I'm not grown spiritually enough. Maybe some of these supersonic preachers, they, they get it. I, don't, I haven't got there yet. But I know that he can, and I know his purpose is perfect. His purpose is perfect. Did Jesus heal everybody? Just according to the Bible. Did he heal everybody? No. He didn't. The Bible says he healed all that came to him in a few places. Did he heal everybody? He didn't. As a matter of fact, he was asked to go and to, lay, and to, to pray for Lazarus before he died. He didn't go. He had another job to do. Lazarus needed to die. You remember the boy in the, in the Bible who was blind from birth and they said, who sinned, him or his parents? What did Jesus say? Neither. This was done for the glory of God. Sometimes you're going through some junk so God can be glorified. Amen. We got loved ones that are running away and being lost in places, but we're praying to God because we know that he can help us. And you know what? When we get through it, when our loved ones get through it, we got some people we can minister to. We got to experience it. You see, we like the high roads. We like the good things. We like all these kinds of things. We, we like it up here. Sometimes God says, I need you down here. Because whenever we move into the body of Christ, we are placed as he sees fit. And we know some people that it seems like every time they get up, they get knocked down. They get up, they get knocked back, back down. Why? Because that is probably their calling. We like to play like Job's friends and say, oh, he's ain't doing something right with God. Oh, he ain't blessed of God. Well, come on. What about the Stephen? Stephen was in the Bible, right? He was, he was, uh, he was preaching. You remember that? Acts chapter 7, he was preaching. And Stephen, he wasn't the pastor, he wasn't the preacher, he was a deacon. Anybody know what his job was? And why he had that job? He was to take care of the tables and the people. Feed the widows. Feed those and take care of them. Why? So that the disciples, the apostles, so that they could spend their time in worship and prayer and preaching. Because if they spent their time out here taking care of everything else, they didn't get the other stuff done. That's why they were created. That's why you're a deacon, Brother Randy. To be a helper. To be a helper to watch over the flock. That's your job. You said yes, the church put you in. That's your job. But he preached one message in his life. And boy, was it a doozy. He preached one message in his life. Yes, he did. And it was a humdinger. I'm telling you, it was something else. 
one message. It cost him his life. You see, when conviction comes from the Holy Ghost, there's one of two things going to happen. You're going to submit and get fixed, or you're going to get mad and lash out. These people lashed out. Stephen preached one message. And when he preached it, he gave the word. They got mad. Who was the chief guy there leading the revolt? A fellow by the name of Saul, who we later know as Paul the Apostle. It don't matter what place you go, road you go down, there can be a place for forgiveness. But at this moment in time, Stephen is getting beaten because he preached the message the crowd did not want to hear. And they stoned him. You know what stoning entails? It means everybody picks up a good grapefruit-sized rock, whatever they can fling. They stand in a circle, and they start throwing them at you until you die. And then they'll take those rocks and throw them on you, basically burying you like where you're at. Under those stones, they'll be heaped up, and you're underneath it dead, all because of hatred. Jesus said, if you hate, you have committed murder in your heart. I didn't pick up no stones. Did you or didn't you? That's why I always say, I don't care what your walk is. You come in here as far as when I'm pastoring, I'm going to teach it and I'm going to treat you that way. I don't care what your walk is. Jesus can set you free. I've been on my own path and I've got no rocks to throw can't throw them. But he was murdered. But guess what? Jesus is seated at the throne of God on the right hand side. And while he's getting beat to death with them rocks, he says he looked and he seen the Son of Man standing at the right hand of the Father beside the throne urging him on. He's standing up for him. Why? Because he was standing up for the gospel. He was taking the word to the people. He was giving them the very thing that they needed to be set free. And he died for the gospel. Got to preach one message. Killed because of it. But Jesus stood up. I like to have Jesus to stand up for something that I might be doing. Not so that I get my name wrote down and somebody sees something, but so that I'll know that he's happy. He's pleased. He loves what's being done. He was standing. This man was crying tears, and before he took his last breath, he said, don't put it on their charge. It's not their fault. I was glad to do what I had to do for you, Jesus. You see, whenever we're shedding those tears, we've got to find what the purpose is. The healing might not be there, or it might be there. But what was the purpose? purpose was to minister I got one more scripture and I'll be done you see Moses see God can do whatever he wants we need to know that when we go and pray but Moses he stuttered a little bit when he talked that's how he was and he said I am not able to go and speak for you Lord 
God did what? He didn't take the stutter away. He said, I can use you. <laughs> You'll do. You'll do. You know why? Because the little stuttering boy, he stays close to his daddy. Because everybody's picking on him, but the little stuttering boy stays close to his daddy. Had the stutter been took away, he wouldn't have stuck around. Have we gone through some things before that keeps us to the place of prayer? Prayer life gets a little weak, world starts falling apart. Boss gets mad, co-workers are mad, church people's mad, other people's mad, people on the other side of the world's mad, just mad everywhere, you can't do nothing right, you can't even breathe right. World starts falling apart. You get back in and start praying and start seeking God, getting into the Word, what He's given us. World seems to start working back out again. I mean, we go along for a while, and then the world starts seeping in again. Don't go to church today. Them fish is biting awful good. And the next thing you know, one week's turned into two, two to four, four to five. Six months is gone. Life's troubled. Why? God didn't forget you. You forgot God. So we got to go back to the place of prayer. And we might have to shed some tears. And God says, I really need to get your attention on this. But I need to bring you back to where you need to be. You know what it's like to walk hand in hand with me. And you want to be there. That's why we get to deal with some things that we do. This is in 2 Corinthians. I'm not going to read it because I'm going to just talk about it. It was 2 Corinthians 11:24. if you want to put it in there, Charlie. That's up to you. I do got to read it because I can't remember all that. I think it'll mean more. Paul's talking about some of the things that he took and had to deal with. What he had to deal with, he said, From the Jews, five times I received 40 stripes minus one. He got beat with 39 lashes. How many times? Five times from his own people. Three times I was beaten with rods. He kept up with this. God helped him to remember it, I guess, so it could get in there. Once I was stoned, we know what that entails. Three times I was shipwrecked. A night and a day I have been in the deep. In journeys often, in perils of waters, in perils of robbers, in perils of my own countrymen, in perils of the Gentiles, in perils of the, in the city, in perils in the wilderness, in perils in the sea, in perils among false brethren, in weariness and in toil, in sleeplessness often, in hunger and thirst and fastings often, in the cold and nakedness. Besides these other things, what I just told you about, what, uh, besides these other things, what comes up on me daily, my deep concern for all the churches. No matter what I've been through, my deep concern is for all the churches. You know what it meant to be beat with the rods that he's talking about here for three times? They would take him and they would bind you with your hands behind your back then they kick your feet out from under you and get you on the ground. And then they would lift you up to where you really couldn't struggle with a rope or somebody would hold it. And then some guy took this big stick and started beating your feet. He beat his feet three times. 
beautiful are those feet that bring the gospel. Read them three times. But he kept taking their word. Folks, these are people that shed tears. You know you were going to cry when somebody's beating on your feet till you can't stand it anymore. You're going to cry. I don't care how tough you are. You're going to cry. And the Lord says, I've been there. I was there and I was catching your tears. Your jug might be this big and your jug might be this big. There's little drops of water in here. Just think of how many of those would be tears. How many it would take to fill up this with five gallons. And there's going to be a day that the Lord's going to pour them back out. And he's going to tell you, I was there. I never left you nor forsook you. I knew what you was going through, but it was for my purpose. I knew that you was dealing with it. But I've got every tear to prove I was there. I promised you I would be, and I was. Every tear. We're going to shed some tears, folks. But ain't none of them lost. None of them is lost. Will y'all come? Revelation 21 and 4. And God will wipe away every tear from their eyes. I saw a Facebook post about Joey Feek who passed away. Rory and Joey. Yesterday or day before, I think it was yesterday. The cervical cancer. And her husband put on there that her prayer was answered. She was with her Lord. She wasn't in pain anymore. And her eyeballs were dried up. There was no more tears. The Bible says he will wipe away every tear from their eyes. There should be no more death, nor sorrow, nor crying. There should be no more pain, for the former things have passed away. Endure, folks. We deal with things. You probably felt, I guarantee you, I know something went out this morning that hit somebody wrong. I don't know who it was, but I can tell you this. Let the Lord do His work. Don't make yourself feel better by blaming Pastor Ken for it. Let, understand God is working. He shows us things we need to see. And He wants to help us through it. It's our choice. Sometimes we go on roads that we shed tears of our own making, not because God sent us that way, it's because we chose to walk down that road to be away from Him or to be against His will. We can be busy about God's work. We can be busy with church work and not be in the will of God. You know that? We have to hang on to Him. They're going to sing a song this morning. And as if you want to come and pray, the altar's open. But I just want you to think about what this song is going to say to you. Sing along if you know it. Or maybe the words will be up. I don't know. But I want you to just think about what the Holy Ghost is doing in every life what he wants to do in every life and let him do it you might shed some tears today and you might feel a little bottle at the corner of your eyeball when the Lord says let me catch those let me catch them that's our proof those tears are our testimony it's a testimony of what God has done what he's brought us through wasn't fun at the time but Jesus gets the glory amen amen y'all sing for us